It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for joining us. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning, everybody. And we are happy to welcome Compass Transportation and Technology President and Founder, Dick Mudge. Thanks for joining us, Dick. Dick, great to have you here again. It's it's always fun. And and there's always something to talk about. It's something new every time. We don't don't run out of stuff to talk about, do we? Uh, I assume this is going to be a three-hour podcast. (laughs) Dick, we're really happy you were able to be among those participating this past week in the Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit, which is continuing live through mid-April on Thursday afternoons at noon Eastern. And the discussions have been focused, really important, in trying to move the needle, as you've put it, Alan. This past week, the panel included leadership from Waymo, Ford, May Mobility, and Local Motors. First of all, Alan, congratulations on putting that together. Really amazing. Well, yeah, it was easy. I mean, uh, everybody just wants to wants to cooperate, and in some sense, uh, maybe they're the only silver lining in the whole COVID thing. Uh, uh, everybody realized that you can almost go from the comfort of your home or the uncomfort of your home, and and come in and um, and everybody's nicely relaxed and so on. And it's it's really it's uh, it's worked out very well. I know for the audience, it's not as good as being there and so on, but but we really have tried to bring the audience in on it, um, have a discussion, and and really learn. It's all about the trying to, to uh, know what we don't know and figure it out moving forward. And Dick, uh, like I said, we're glad you were able to participate as well. And what are some of the takeaways for you from from this past session? I, I thought it was. I think I, I, all the sessions have been very, very good. I, I it, it it is. Very impressive. Uh, the thing that impressed me the most was the comment by John Rich from Ford, uh, because you see the automobile and the auto, the technology companies have invested 120 billion, 150 billion maybe in this technology, and you kind of wonder why are they doing this? You know, you know, there's a lot of skepticism about the size of the market and, and when are they going to and when are they going to actually roll it out, and that's been going slowly. Uh, but John said his belief is there will be two winners. I think the interesting thing from that is number one, there's gonna be winners. Uh, so they see a huge market for themselves uh, and that there's gonna be maybe only two of them. He thought maybe two, maybe plus one, smaller one. Uh, so I look at that and say, that's really optimistic. Um, and they are very enthusiastic about the market. Uh, they're gonna to start to have their um, uh, deployments uh, starting next year. Uh, but he was talking about um, there being a very, very large market for it. Um, obviously, he thinks for, he didn't say this, but I assume he believes Ford will be one of the winners. Um, but that, 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 that means we're going to start seeing this stuff on large scale. Um, and, and he didn't talk exactly about what markets he's going to go after. But they did talk about the this is going to bring the cost of driving down to 20 cents a mile. Uh, it's not quite free, but getting close to that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be in the uh, sh- uh, shared mobility uh, model. Um, 
and there he's looking at it on a, on a metropolitan level basis. He didn't say, we're going to go after the suburbs. We're not going to go after just Phoenix. We're not going to go after, uh, but anyway, it was a very optimistic, um, to me anyway, um, um, a point of view. And the other related news that we heard this, this week was Toyota is jumping into it. So with the same the partner, company, right? I mean, they both are partnered with Aurora. Yeah, they, but, the, the, but the big companies are so enthusiastic about this. Waymo was on there. They're not saying they're pulling back. They're getting into trucks and everything. These guys still, be, they still, have, still believe there's a huge market out there and they're going to be in it. Um, and it's going to be happening fairly soon. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you, Dick. And again, we, we don't want to put any uh, words in, in the John's mouth in terms of uh, in terms of what he said, or in some sense what, what we heard. I think to me, the important piece of, of what John said, besides what you pointed out, or you sort of suggested, they're not, they're not really going after, we're going to put these things in, in showrooms and have individuals go out and buy them. At least that's 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 what it seemed to me, or maybe that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> so I'm not sure, you know, which one of the uh, for which reasons, but but that really they're looking at at the mobility market and providing mobility out there and seeing this and doing it at a thinking that they can do it at a very low co- low cost, meaning that they can the, the value that they then can charge for. Uh, is such that there there's a there's something left over for between uh, what they get and what they have to pay to put it out there, so that they have something to put in their pocket. So that in fact there is a fundamental motivation to these to this private sector, as opposed to going to Washington and saying, uh, "Arms for the poor, uh, bail me out here. Uh, we don't know what to do. Tell us what to do." <laughs> what's your reaction to my what I think I heard or or what I'm you know filling in some gaps which is not exactly what he said well I think the other thing there's some conversation also about um uh, uh having have connected vehicles do you need to have DSRC out there do you need to have sensors along the roadway and interacting with the with the infrastructure uh and, and a couple of people asked that question and both uh, Waymo and Ford said, no, we're not gonna wait. First of all, they're not gonna wait for that. Uh, they can't wait for it. Uh, they did say, if it happens, we're happy. They weren't against it, but they said uh, that, that, that's not, uh, that that's not part of their business model. So they, they are not gonna be, you know, uh, 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 the EV companies may be going to Washington and asking for a handout, but these guys aren't. Yeah, and, and I guess we've been sort of talking about that for, for some time. I guess the only thing that they've asked the public sector to put out there is to fill the potholes and put in some, some, put some paint on the road and, and, and make your signs so that they're readable. And, and, and uh, what you would do for, uh, for those of us, uh, you know, who you continue to use our eyes, nose, ears, and, and whatever to drive our own cars, what's been put out there for us to be able to do it, that's all we want, that's all we need. We don't we, we don't need a bunch of, we don't have to implant in everybody a little microchip in there. Yeah. The, the DSRC, the, the who, what to see around the corner. If you can't see around the corner, slow down. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I mean, why do you have to go through there so fast? Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing I think was interesting was no one mentioned COVID. None of these guys said, 
we're going to wait for all the stuff to be over. Uh, the sense I got, although I didn't say it this way, but the sense I got was once we like the technology and we believe it works, we're going out there. I mean, for, you know, John mentioned they already have, uh, they're testing the, their cars in six metropolitan areas. Um, so they're, 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 they're ready to go and they're not going to wait for the government. They're not going to wait for uh, uh, COVID to be over. Yeah, and I think to emphasize a point that you just made, that they, their focus on safety is, is, and yep. making sure that this is safe, at least yep. the way I hear it, that I hear it, they're concerned more about making sure that this is safe than anybody in Washington could ever be uh, concerned about it being safe. I mean, they, they realize that, that they're betting the ranch on this being safe, and I think they even said they want, they want to cooperate on safety. They don't want to compete on safety. Uh, it's important that they all be safe. And, and I, think they, I think they said that, that right at the very beginning on top, making sure, you know, there's not a bunch of folks out there trying to do a big stunt, whatever, that they be risking all that junk. They're looking to build a business. And they realize that business, if it's not safe, they're not in business. And there was some, some mention uh, uh, that Uber, who had the horrible crash in, uh, in, Tempe, in Tempe, is basically out of the business. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 they sold it to Aurora. Uh, yeah. And that says that, that that was one, you know, one, one, one major, one fatality, at, 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 uh, and that killed that company. That, that so they're, they're, they're certainly aware of it. Yeah, they, they said that. I mean, like written that or something suggested, in fact, you know that's a real reason why why um, uh, Uber had to, you know really had to get out of that sector. Now, hopefully, I can't. You know, Uber hopes that Aurora is able to make that work and then uh, uh, offer it to Uber at a reasonable price, so Uber can can, can continue its business model. Maybe Aurora is going to go out and take that that what they build and say, now, you know, we'll compete with you, Uber. What what do we need you guys for? We'll do it. <laughs> we'll wait and see how that one plays out. Well, the other thing, you know, the, the cost is coming way down, uh, and then and that, that I think, uh, I, I, I mean, I think about this stuff as being an economist. If the cost comes down a lot, it's not quite free, but it's getting close to it. And if you really have low cost transportation, that means everybody has access to jobs, no matter where you are. If you live in a, a low income area or high income area you can find work any place in the metropolitan area and you can afford to get there. And I think this has huge economic and social benefits. Uh, so I can't wait to see this stuff get out there. Yeah, and I think for those that are afraid, oh my goodness, all these poor people not getting to jobs across the city or they're gonna congest our road and we won't be able to go it or whatever. I mean, the, the whole concept of doing this is doing this in a shared basis in a shared ride basis. Why do you want to go alone if the darn vehicle is there for you to go and you hop in with somebody? Come on, let's get social again. Well, I, I think we'll have to see how, how, how people react to COVID. Well, I, you, 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 you make the point about you think it'd be a mistake to put cars into showrooms. Uh, and I was listening to the conversation uh, and the question is, uh, will everybody be a winner? Will all the companies out there be winners? And the sense I got was probably not. There will be a few winners. So I could imagine one who, one of these companies 
who is not doing as well, they may say, okay, we've lost the market. We're not, you know, we're not one of the top two or three. We'll sell our cars on, on the, uh, to the public. So I, I can imagine there will be at some point, and probably not for another five years, 10 years, that there'll be at least one of these companies putting the cars on, 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 the, on the showroom. So I think there will be an opportunity for people to buy a private autonomous vehicle that probably only after the uh, shared uh, market has uh, developed. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you that, that in fact, the opportunity for, for more players is through selling to individuals for them to own or to use or to buy or whatever. Um, uh, but as, as, as we know, transportation is, is a, you know, a utility in a sense. We, we always know that, that if, you, if you reduce the number of players, you can, there, there are economies of that scale uh, that, that basically force it to utility type, you know, one player, two players. It, you know, if, if, we, if we talk about sharing rides, if there's a, there's a, let's say an Uber and a Lyft right next to it, uh, you know, how the, you know, one gets in an Uber, one gets on a Lyft, they both could have gotten in that one Uber if, they're, if Uber was, was just there. So, you know, there, there, there are some fundamentals of, of, of that sort of driving to there being fewer in the, in the mobility delivery sector of this market than there are in the, hey, I'm going to sell you something that you brag to your neighbors about that you have in your, uh, in your driveway. Yeah, no. I think it is important, important to have at least a couple of companies in yeah. each metropolitan area. A little bit of competition uh, uh, helps a lot. And, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm glad Uber does not have a monopoly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. And, and it doesn't because we saw that with Didi. I mean, Didi, you know, oh, hey, at least... You know, we're going to compete with you in China now. What you know, how you compete globally and all that stuff, and yeah, you know, have to do. <laughs> Alan, on this uh, private ownership uh, issue, you highlight in the newsletter a report from the University of Leeds called. And the headline is to own or not to own. That's the question, the value of owning a fully automated vehicle. And this is a paper that's uh, published in Science Direct. Um, and it says it finds substantial inconvenience value associated with shared automated ride service. And they're saying ownership is inherently valued more compared to ride services by women. So, I mean, you, you, you started to get into this. And, yeah, well, uh, I, I don't want to get into the, the gender thing because, because, you know, just don't want to go there. I don't think, I, you know, that, I don't think that's, I'd say, I, I don't think that's important, but whatever. I, I don't want to go there. With respect to, to the uh, to the you know owning versus uh, versus uh, using uh, using uh, that thing, uh, sure there's a lot of value in owning, having it all for myself to use whenever I want to do that. That's there all the anxiety relief because I have it. Da, da, da. There's also a cost associated with owning, which I don't believe they took into account in this thing. And that's, that's the responsibility of owning something. And, and maybe I just think of too much in my own thought process, but it, you know, it's a pain in the butt to own some stuff because I have to maintain the damn thing, okay? 
in my home for you know it's great on money and I pay the taxes with this this totally is what but I maintain this thing that's 200 years old, so making money. Holy, now I look around, man, whoa, the maintenance. I wanted to pay on the that. I got hire guys and whatever to just do. I mean, and, and they, I don't think they, and I guess what I've been suggesting with respect to a driverless vehicle, if I own one and I send it out and go give Dick a ride someplace with it, and Dick takes his ride with it and then, you know, get it to come back home to me. I'm not there. I'm responsible. I'm responsible for when that thing is taking Dick for a ride. Now, of course, I'm totally irresponsible. I won't care if it crashes and kills Dick. <laughs> uh, you know, really? So who covers my responsibility? Do I sit at home and worry about this thing that I have out there without me close to it? They didn't consider that. I think to me, for some reason, I think that is, that's not. So I call up Mike's dog. Mike, Mike, give me some insurance. Is that going to be enough for me? Well, yeah, even, even I, if you're I, not sending I, it out I, for I, Dick. It, if, if it's if it's yourself, Dick, if I'm out there giving Dick a ride, you know I'm you know, doing donuts on the highway and order the the make taking going speeding going through red lights, you know. But for some reason, I don't know. I'm there, so therefore, you know. But if if all of a sudden I that technology is doing it, what's my what's my mind frame going to have to be about? how well that sucker is going to have to work so i don't have to worry about you know dick's wife coming after me what the hell did you do with my husband <laughs> well no i mean i, I don't know not, not Las Vegas. i'm gone <laughs> no, no 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 i understand i mean uh elizabeth would be really happy if you did that to me. no i mean whatever no but seriously i mean there is especially with this thing it somehow is doing things. Well, the only reason you would is, is, is it for, to do things and probably do things for others rather than yourself. If you're there, I mean, you know, you can, that, that's not it. You know, the thing with this thing is it can go out there and you have to be able to, it has to be able to do it by itself to go from here to, to, to the Princeton shopping center to go get my groceries it's got to make sure it doesn't hit a kid with a ball on the way. My, one of the issues, Alan, is that there's an awful lot of stuff we just do not know. Yeah, we I know. Not, I know. I know. We don't know how these things will really work. Yeah, and it right. may be, yeah, once they're out there, you, you look at what happened with Tesla. It had, it, it's, it's, it's not driverless, but it has a lot of weird, neat things in it. And people like it, but it took them a while to like it. Uh, once people get used to driving around in these autonomous vehicles in their in their neighborhood, um, they may say, "Okay, it works," and I want to own one. Yeah. Uh, I'm several years away from from that, yeah. and uh, you know, yeah, and us, us as individuals, I don't think the interesting thing that happened on Thursday with all four folks that we had on there when we said, hey, if you're out there providing the mobility for others, how do you, how do you address this? Because now you're the wrong one that's gonna be, that's responsible. They're gonna come after you if something happens. 
you know, and how do you get yourself? And, and that's why I made this statement earlier that in fact, these folks take this safety thing certainly as seriously as anybody in Washington, anybody in Trenton, if not absolutely more, because in fact, they have everything riding on the fact that it doesn't hit a kid running after a ball when this thing is out there giving me a ride. Well, you're bringing up Tesla, Dick, a, a minute ago. In, in this week's edition of the, of the newsletter, Alan, you highlight a report from uh, Russ, Russ Mitchell in the LA Times headlined Biden inherits big traffic safety mess. And Russ points to videos of Tesla owners abusing autopilot and to the company's software package, which they label full self-driving. Yeah, I mean, and we, and we discussed that, and and uh, and I forgot who was asked asked questions directly to our panelists on Thursday in terms of you know, or I guess it was Russ that came on and asked asked. Right, it was, and and John it, Rich right? gave a very pointed reply. And John Ford. Rich gave a very pointed reply, and I, again, I don't want to speak for John. You can you can watch the replay or something, and 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 see what John said. But you know, those folks, as each of us. All of us here have been saying, look, you know, Elon, you have a great vehicle. Uh, Dick Mudge owns one. I'm, I'm thinking of buying one. Fred's thinking of buying one and so on. But come on, treat us like adults and, and quit overselling this sucker. And in fact, you know, uh, uh, tell, tell the folks what's in the fine print of your manual, not what you do, do, da, 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 and want to have a peeing contest with John Kraftchick at whatever, at Waymo or whatever the heck else you're doing. Come on. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, we, we all appreciate your product, but you don't, you don't have to go that far. And in some sense, you know, I guess the Germans are getting ready or have, you know, to completely whack them on this thing and so on. I don't think they're even allowed to offer it in, in Europe. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's sort of what's in my brain it may not be true. And, and whatever, that, look, this, it is a good system. It does provide some comfort and convenience, but if it's going to provide comfort and convenience for me, it can't make me less safe. And, and Elon's even argued that, oh my goodness, you've got to let me do this because if I save just one life, you know, it's valid. And I agree with that argument, but in giving me the comfort and convenience, you may not be saving my, and, and then overselling it. And therefore I have some visions that I can just hop in the back seat and do whatever the hell I want. Like I was 16 years old or something like that, you know, whatever that's, you know, that's, that's, that, 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 that makes it so that you don't save one additional person, you kill one additional person. So all of a sudden, all the stuff you're putting out there is, and I think that's what Russ was trying to point out in that article when he came out on Thursday and he, he asked the question directly and he answered it. <laughs> Dick, what do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. I, I, I think it gets off, off topic a little bit, but it, uh, the, the article in the Times uh, raises questions, will there be more regulation? I mean, at the moment, we've had a, you know, both with the Obama administration and the Trump administration, almost no regulation, in fact, in fact deliberately standing back. Um, and uh, you have a new administration. Uh, they may look at this differently and want to have some regulations. There's, the, uh, Congress is never able to pass, pass a, a legislation. Um, there, there may be something new coming. 
Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I, I argue that it's it's been appropriate for them to, to not have regulation because you didn't know what to regulate. We did not know enough to regulate. And so, and there wasn't enough out there to regulate. So we we're out there learning and so on. And I, and I, that's good. And it's, as I say one more time, it's good to have the industry out there really focused on safety, not focused immediately on making a buck but focused on safety. And so therefore the reason to do the, the regulation may not even be there, but all of a sudden, if they then argue that they want to do regulation because, because Elon's out there, you know, espousing something that, 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 is, that just really does get people into trouble and takes away the fundamental safety value of what he's putting out there, then... That's unfortunate. Yeah, I think you're right. There's a risk. He, he talks as if it is a fully autonomous vehicle, which is not, obviously not. And then that may get people reacting to the good guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, so <laughs> uh, whatever. Alan, the, the state of California has released uh, the data submitted by autonomous vehicle operators last year. Uh, there was less testing uh, during the pandemic, not, not really a surprise there, but still nearly 2 million miles logged in autonomous mode on public roads. Waymo and Cruise, no surprises there, I suppose, leading the way. Yeah, and also I think the, the number of disengagements per mile or the number of miles between disengagements went up uh, close to an order of magnitude substantially. Uh, and, and of course, everybody, you know, appropriately says, uh, you know, you, just that rate is not, is not the, the measure. And, and I'll say, I agree with that. You know, actually the reason you do testing is to find disengagement. You want, you, you're looking for the places where the thing doesn't work and you have to disengage it so that you can go back and fix it. You know, going and redoing stuff that you already know. I mean, just so that, I mean, Really, people are out there doing the numbers. I mean, the only people that are doing that are people that are trying to flip their business. And in fact, one of the really things things that we should look over is who's looking to flip or who's looking to do. And for those that are looking to flip, we should, you know, we should say, hey, you know, cut it out, you know, whatever. Those that are really looking to do are out there. They really want to maximize the number of disengagements per mile out of testing out there find the, the maximum number of places they, they need to avoid. And I think one of the things that, that, that John comments that John made in, the, in, the, um, in this summit on Thursday, he said, he said we, don't, we, don't meant, we don't talk about geofencing. We talk about geonetwork. In other words, identifying the, the subset of roads and intersections that really would provide the most mobility opportunity for the area that we want. And that'd be the, 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 the smallest amount that we need and the safest amount that we need that, that are the safest so as to, to be able to deliver that mobility. So it's not we're going to do all those streets within here. There's this street, that street, that intersection. We've tested that. We can do that. We've gone in there. We've had no disengagements in that. All of a sudden, over here, oh my goodness, we haven't fixed that one yet. We're going to avoid it. 
You know, we're not gonna go there. We're gonna provide the mobility, we'll go around it. You know, there's been all, there's been, since the beginning of this, all this discussion about, oh, what's it going to do in, in you know, with, with, with construction zone? Thing to do with construction zone, two things. One, slow down. Why do you need to go there at, at speed? Okay, the second thing, avoid it. Okay. And, 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 and in fact, oh, well, we won't be able to get between A and B. Well, then work with the entity and so on. Say, hey, you know, don't close all the places to get from A to B, okay? Or don't work, you know, structure your work. You know, do that kind of cooperative thing as opposed to, as opposed to you know, the way it's been talked about for now. So again, you know, disengagement. You know, you, you want... If you're doing efficient testing, you're finding a lot of disengagements because you're out there trying to provide more mobility. You're trying to expand your capabilities. You're not out there just running around in circles on some test track that you know you can do da da dee da 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 out in Nevada where there's nobody. What do you think, Dick? <laughs> well, California certainly, uh, Alan, is, is doing a, a real service to us all by 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 having the companies submit all of this and then making it public. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and and I think what we saw from Waymo a, a month ago when they divulged, you know, basically a reporting on every one of their either disengagement or or thoughts that hey we were maybe close here or whatever in terms of their incidents, or when somebody went in there and hit them. Again, it's not that there's not going to be any crashes with these things. A meteorite can come out of the sky and plop on it, boom. You know, a tree can come down, boom, right on top of it. There, you know, there are situations in which physics isn't going to help you, okay, because of the physics of the other thing. Or me driving, who knows what, having too much to drink and whatever, going through a red light and T-boning a Waymouth, okay? I mean, you know, what's it going to do? Yeah. I, I think two things that's interesting. California has been open with a lot of that data. That, that's, uh, it's important for getting the public to feel better about it. And, it, and, it, and it had, there must be some competitive information in there as well, which is good. Yeah, and they're sharing. And I think and they're in there, you know, they're, they're, I, It'd be nice if there was more sharing, and, and I got the indication that the industry really wants more sharing, would appreciate more sharing. I, I didn't hear anything from Dan Smith suggesting that Waymo, oh, no, 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 nobody, we're out there the leaders, and nobody's going to find out what the hell we, we know about safety. I, I don't think it was that at all. Well, as you said, they, they clearly, none of these guys wants to compete on safety. No one's going to say... We have the safest car out there. That, that that's not a that, that that that's not the way they're going to compete, which is the right way to, which is very encouraging. Yeah, and the, the comment I made on Thursday, and I think I, I, I was right. If you look at the Elaine Hersberg crash, before that, Toyota was out there testing. Okay, I think Toyota in a whole last year, Toyota Research Institute had only like five, seven vehicles on. California roads running, they ran this cup few hundred, 600 miles or something like that. They, they, they completely shut down, you know, as soon as that thing hit the newspapers and have, have 
barely come back out and done anything. And of course, we read now that they've, they decide to nuzzle up and, and go in with Aurora, which is, which is fantastic for Aurora and for them. Essentially, it put somebody else's crash, put them out of business on this stuff. Okay? One crash by somebody else. Hmm. That's a, you know, that's a, if, if that doesn't tell you, you better all be safe on this thing, you know? And, and if there's any crazy out there, you know, they're going to find a way to, 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 you know, settle them down. Very interesting. Well, we'll be back with, with more, but first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETF's Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, uh, we want to point out it's a good idea to read a white paper. It's titled The Smart Transportation Revolution. You can find it under the Insights and News tab. Some great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs, you may know, can be a good way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. The site, once again, is MOTOETF.com. Some more headlines to touch on this week, Alan. A, a report from the European Commission's Joint Research Center and the European Union Agency for Cybersecurity is looking at cybersecurity risks connected to artificial intelligence and autonomous vehicles. Well, I don't know. I guess Dick and I can discuss that. Unfortunately, my own mind on on the cybersecurity thing is it's it's oversold or something. You know, I'm so frustrated by the the whole darn thing. I'm I'm frustrated about how this great internet has turned out to be an unsocial media. I'm I'm just, I'm just frustrated by the whole darn thing. How, how, you know, a few people have taken some, something that is really good and basically made it almost unusable. Um, um, you know, I, I tell my class or discuss with my class some, some examples that we won't mention here. And, and you know, it, it is just, it, it, here you're trying to do all this good for, for society, as Dick has pointed out, as we point out, provide mobility, provide equal mobility for everybody, improve people's quality of lives, life and so on. And you're going to have some, some who knows what in their basement sitting there and, you know, directing vehicles to crash because of, you know, some who knows, unfortunate, who knows what in the whole thing to be able to do that. Really? I mean, we're going to put up with that as a society. We're not going to whack those kids on, you know, say, you know, you know, play your video games in the basement. Don't do that. You know, and if, if we look around, I guess the comment that I put in the newsletter, if we look around, look at the overpasses on the New Jersey Turnpike, what do they have? They have screening you know, on the, on the walkways to make sure that some kid, I think, make sure some kid doesn't come there with a bowling ball and drop it on, 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 on the cars coming, coming by underneath. I mean, we've always had the opportunity to be a bad actor in this transportation system that we have. You know, up to now, it just required screening, which is about as ugly as you can get, which is really unfortunate, but we do the screening. You know, I guess we put bars on some windows so that, you know, at night somebody doesn't come in and 
to break the glass and go take the jewels out of Hamilton Jewelers' window. You know, I mean, sure. But also, we have a, we have a, a judicial system that goes out and and really uh, somewhat wax and puts the people in jail that do that thing. And hopefully, we have an education system in the in the K through through five or something or in the lower schools that say, look, you don't do this thing. So I, I think, you know, and, and we have to, we have to say that with respect to going in there and playing with your, with your computer that, Oh, look at what I did. Oh, look at how great I am. I caused the car to crash on the New Jersey turnpike. And that has, that has to be com- through education completely wiped out of the system because otherwise, you know, there's, we won't be able to, or too many, too many potential kids out there just wanting to have some fun. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on it. Now, if it's, you know, the 9-11 crew that wants to go out there and do this, I don't think we can stop them. You know, I think in that one, in, 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 that, in, in, in that sort of situation, that's tough. And if we're gonna if we're gonna worry about a 9/11 crew coming in there and saying, "Hey, my goodness, uh, now it's the mobility system in Trenton, New Jersey, that's trying to provide mobility to to the poor to go get fifteen dollar an hour jobs and go to their synagogue or whatever," then we're gonna lose that one probably. I, I don't know what we can do to stop that one. Okay, and especially if now Washington has. DSRC or who knows what RC and VDQRSG communications on top of all this stuff. I don't know. I'm going to go play golf. We're going to stop doing these <laughs> things and I'm done. I, I, that's, that is tough. That's the one that's worth worrying about. I think the kids, I, hopefully we can do that with education and we can say, hey, you know, play your video games, do your esports, you know, go on social media and, and you know, whatever your your friends i don't know <laughs> what do you think about that one I, I think so i agree with you some of the stuff about cybersecurity, i think is, is is exaggerated i view that as partly people look at autonomous vehicles and realize this is the most exciting thing happening in transportation and they all want to get in the middle of it and say this is an area i know and so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna uh, uh pontificate about it um, no, I, 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 the only one I can, I, I agree with you about, 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 the, about the 9-11 type people, and I'm not sure how you control that. Um, I, I, can, I, I can imagine a few ways, but it, the, the general cybersecurity thing, it, it, I don't think you can touch the cars anyway. You, 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 can, you, can, go after, you can go after Tesla's headquarters. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and and of course, if they're not connected, as the, as the, the folks were telling us on Thursday, I, we don't need the connection to do this. And if that's right. stuff is being done internally, then it's really tough. Then it's really tough, uh, you know. And and it, you know, and it's not cybersecurity to go out there and put some, you know, some mask on top of a stop sign so the car doesn't recognize it's a stop sign anymore. I mean, we. We've had the opportunity to do that anyway. Half the people in Princeton, I think, grow trees in front of stop signs in their in their yards, <laughs> but I can't see them, you know, and whatever. But uh, that's not. You know, Dan from Waymo made it clear uh, during the last session that they are not remotely controlling in any way, shape, or form their vehicles out there. 
I, I thought again that that needs to be put out there. I, I love what they said. If if they had been out, they've been out there and spent who knows what for the last eleven years trying to do this. They must realize that in fact the bandwidth that's required to do this for more than one or two vehicles, and to do it within within the reaction times that you need to do things, is just. <laughs> We're not there. We're not, and to rely on it. it. It's bad enough that we don't want blue screens on the systems that we have inside the car. And therefore the build the redundancies there. But if you look at them doing this over wireless communication, I can't drive from here to May's Landing and be on the phone the whole time because I go through the pine barrens and guess what? There must not be a tire within who knows what and there probably shouldn't be. Okay. And, and you know, it's just, it's anybody thinking about doing the thinking where you're going to put a bunch of people in a mountain, you know, carved out mountain, like you're, like you're doing a drone that's going to who knows where to drop a bomb, whatever. No. First of all, how many drones are they are they are they controlling? And two, I mean, the drones are out there. I mean, that's easy, you know. As long as you can make sure GPS doesn't get corrupted. Moving on in the newsletter, Alan, uh, the Verge reports that Uber and Lyft, in their new quarterly earnings, are getting quote less unprofitable. And you have <laughs> you have an interesting analysis. Yeah, sure. Great. You know, they can be really less unprofitable if they just go out of business. They get to go to zero. Okay. The problem is, is that they're out there with a certain valuation. And sure, you know, we have GameStop and all that stuff out there and we can have whatever the exuberance of the do do do. But at some point, you know, you've got to earn it. So that means you have to return, have a profit level that is big enough to reflect what your valuation is. You do that. <laughs> you have the same, <laughs> you have the same sort of thing. All the Aurora's of the world are, have massive valuations and they don't have a single revenue. But, they, but I, again, I, I, when, I, when I think about what Waymo's doing, as you said, they've been in the business 11 years. They're clearly putting a lot of money still into the business. They obviously believe there's a huge market there for that. that and I, I find that very encouraging. They obviously believe because, as we know, supposedly the market is not the current capabilities. It's the expected capabilities in yeah. the future. They have a roadmap out there. They have a number of roadmaps out there. They've done the distributions and the risks and all that stuff and so on. And they, they, they see that, and they probably also include societal value in, in there because, uh, you know, I think every company, every, uh, most companies want to do good as well as want to make money. And, and I think when they look at that, they see, oh my goodness, this is still a valuable thing to do. Now, Uber I, I, and Lyft, Uber and Lyft can have that same thing. The only 
problem, in my view, is that you look at any of those trajectories going forward in time, if they don't have drivers, if they have to continue to pay a living wage to the person doing the driving, which they should, those trajectories don't go to profitability. I, I think if you have a company that is perceived as doing good, as being good for society, that will be good for their market. Sure. If you have a company that's perceived as not doing that, no one's going to use their their, their, their product. So there is a link between making money and, and also doing good for society. I, I, I absolutely agree. You know, when I talk about it, you know, I, you know, I, I talk about value, you know, and one of the components of dollars, Deutsche Marks, RMBs, you know, whatever you want to call them, euros or whatever. And the other is all the other things. And in a sense, you know, we have people in the loop and, and, and most people like to go to bed happy at night, wake up happy in the morning, you know? They don't want to yeah, I, what the hell, how much money do I have in, in Bitcoin? <laughs> Kidding me? I don't know. <laughs> another, another story uh, to touch on here, Alan. Uh, Shell has announced plans to roll out 500,000, that's half a million electric vehicle charging stations. Talking about a pivot. Yeah, I mean, what what that hit me with is that is that it, we are in a transition here. I think not only in terms of the automation of the vehicle, but what what the the energy source that is that is used to be able to do that that and and historically we've had. We built enormous companies, Shell, Exxon, da da da, that that have been focused on the stuff that comes out of the ground, and you know, that, that basically oozed out of the ground in Oil City, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, comes out of the ground essentially for. It may, I, I like to say it might be, it might cost more to keep it in the ground in Saudi Arabia than it is to take it out of the ground. I, you know, I know that that's a flippant statement. Really, and, and they've, they've profited from that. And I'm, I, I'm just wondering whether or not these giants are going to be like, like, like the, you know, other companies that have sort of, you know, lost their market power and then just packed it in. Sears, for example. I mean, you know, Sears catalog to me is exactly the same as Amazon today, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, really, okay, medium, so it's a lot easier to do da da da. But in some sense, why didn't Sears do that? Uh, you know, uh, why didn't Sears become Amazon or, you know, Blockbuster with respect to Netflix or, you know, Kodak with respect to CCD? Kodak developed the CCD chip, put them out of business, you know? And here we have these oil companies for which now we're, you know, doing batteries or who knows what or, you know, da da d. And are they gonna are they gonna then shrivel to be a, a Sears or a Blockbusters or Kodak or whatever, or are they somehow really looking at this, have a bunch of assets, say do this, see that that's an opportunity, know the business that they're dealing with in terms of supplying it to mobility and stuff. And all of a sudden, pick up and, and 
and I look at this for you know for show they say holy hell you know hey what's the difference between us putting gas gasoline in your tank to doing electricity in fact you know you pull up there your car has to has to has to do that for 20 minutes or 10 minutes you're gonna go inside now this marketplace that we have in the thing and you're gonna like money's going to come out of your pockets that's true and they have all these properties that's a, that's another issue right? yes you're going to buy you know ice cream and milk and, 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 and maybe even get your hair cut it might become the new shopping center I, you know i don't know i mean so i mean a lot of that says uh, uh how, how do you define your business yeah you say you're in the energy business rather than oil and gas yeah, Bezos uh, started out as being in the book business. If he defined himself as being in the book business, Amazon would be a very popular book company. That's it. Yeah. He def- defined it as much broader than that. So, so I look, I look at this as another one of the possible decisions that really they're making internally to say, you know, we're not just going to stick with the Sears catalog. Well, they can read the writing on the wall, and uh, there's a bill in, in Washington expanding the qualified plug-in electric vehicle, electric drive uh, motor vehicle credit, and that could give Tesla access to $7,000 tax credits on 400,000 more electric cars in the U.S. and help all the other electric makers uh, along with it, right? Yeah, so Dick's going to go out and buy a second Tesla because he's yeah. a sucker. <laughs> and 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 as I as I wrote, you know, hey, I may end up using the thousand dollars that I sent Elon when he said, "Oh, send a thousand dollars, you can get me put in line, first in line for for a Model Three, and I, shush, I couldn't send that sucker fast enough. And what did I, you know, well, I, how I, do I need another car for? I mean, well, I, you've, you've, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> Well, that's true. <laughs> and if they're they're going to give you a seven thousand dollar credit, perhaps, and then there's a New Jersey credit on top of that, and no sales tax in New Jersey on electric vehicles. I mean, I, the I, incentives I, are are going to make it very, very attractive. They should buy two or three. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I used to come into my class and and, and with an ad, you know, when when trying to sell your cars, you get three thousand dollars back if you buy a you know ford f-150 in 19 in 2000 or something like that you know i come into class oh look what i found i found that they're gonna give me three thousand if i buy one i'm gonna buy ten <laughs> <laughs> you know hey i mean think about what it does to your mind to go out there to and you look at one side of it not the, not the rest of it and all of a sudden but you know these 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 madmen on on uh, on Madison Avenue know what the hell they're doing. You know, reach into our pockets. Well, there's still some debate about uh, the zero emission uh, vehicles. Uh, GM is in partnership with Navistar, saying it will focus on fuel cell powertrains for long haul trucks. While in Europe, Scania, if that's how it's pronounced, part of the Volkswagen Group has said it's abandoning its fuel cell truck program to focus on battery power. And you had some comments in the newsletter on that. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, back in the 70s and 80s, Princeton, we were looking in the hydrogen economy to, to provide energy for, for mobility. And, you know, it was, 
was a great idea then. It's still a great idea today. The question is all the folk, and, and I also like to point out again to my students, if you look at if you look at where the money was spent in the Apollo program, an enormous amount of money was spent on a thing that didn't work in Apollo 13, you know, the fuel cell. And, and you know, um, uh, yeah, great. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, we may get it. Autonomous vehicles and driverless vehicles before we have we have hydrogen. I don't know. It's it's yes, great. Keep going. You got to get it going. I mean, you got to yep. get. It. It's the same. It's partially the same problem we're, we're having with with the driverless business. You've got to get started. And the thing that you start can't be the Morgantown PRT system. You know, great system. It's been absolutely safe for 45 years, provided wonderful mobility. It just never scaled. They did one and that's it. And nobody looked at it and said, and nobody at, 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 at Madison Avenue or nobody in the investment community and nobody in the government communities and nobody in the whatever community said, holy mackerel, that's a great thing. We should put, we should grow it. Right now, with driverless vehicles, we only have Waymo, one place in the world. Forget what you read every day. They're, they're not doing it. They have, you know, one place in the world with a couple hundred trips a day. I think that's what Dan said. You know, replay what Dan said. That's all we have. We're in 2021. Let's hope that that is that's not a Morgantown, that it is something that maybe expands in Phoenix, maybe comes to Trenton and expands to Mercer County, expands to New Jersey, maybe goes to Greenville, uh, South Carolina with Fred Payne and grows there and, and grows bigger. Maybe it goes to Washington, D.C. Don't think you go to Manhattan. Maybe you do, you do San Francisco. I doubt it. Uh, maybe Mountain View. Palo Alto, uh, East Jesus, Ohio. It's got to go somewhere else. It's got to grow. It's got to scale. Otherwise, it's a research project. We, you know, people get tenure. Wonderful. And that is the point of the uh, Smart Driving Cars Summit, which uh, will continue once again uh, this Thursday at noon, every Thursday at noon, live through the middle of April. There's more information about registering at smartdrivingcar.com, and you can get information there too about maybe becoming a sponsor. Looking ahead to <laughs> looking looking ahead to this Thursday, Alan. I'm never top... good at revenue. I'm, I'm just the worst guy on the revenue side. That's ahead. why we brought the economist with us. Today. I know. Yeah, he's kicking kicking my butt. Well, we're we're looking ahead to this Thursday, Alan. The topic is going to be who will build, sell, and maintain driverless cars another important session yes and and we're we're looking to do and again the focus is on the driverless and in part you know are we going to own them is it going to be fleets how do they do that how whatever is it is it uh, you know at, at times i've i in the past i've suggested that that the, the technology is like a a, a a goose laying golden eggs 
you know, once you get that goose laying golden eggs, um, do you really want to sell the goose or do you want to just sit there and harvest the golden eggs as they're produced day in, day out, and so on? So, you know, in some sense, if one looks at uh, from the outside, me looking uh, from the outside, looking into Waymo, it looks like they want to keep the goose. Uh, Aurora, it looks like they, they want to sell the goose. Uh, to somebody, uh, you know, in the end, if it was, you know, good economics, uh, help me out here, Dick, you know, <laughs> those are indifferent, you know, uh, buyers, you know, buyers sell you, you know, they, it, it, they should, you know, come to equilibrium is the same thing. Talk to me here, Dick. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think what they, they find that the interesting thing is they want to sell anything that moves. I mean, all these companies are getting into automated trucks. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it's expanding they think they have the technology that works. They want to automate anything that moves. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, that moves on our streets, on our public roadways. I mean, because why? The public roadways are there in some sense. Uh, you know, the big market for these things is already paying for that. Now, as the thing scales and as it becomes bigger part of the entity, they're going to have to pick up the tab on the on the public roadway maintenance and all oh. that stuff. But, you know, but that's, Sure, of course, but then they'll have the scale to be able to do it. And there, there are, to me, there still seem to be fundamental economies of scale on this thing. That economies of scale drive economics, don't they, Dick? Or talk well, about I, 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 I think it's all about network scale. If you do things on a network scale, that changes the economy. The interstate highway system is a classic example. Yeah. Uh, that generated um, 50% to 60% annual returns over two decades. Yeah. That's the type of thing that venture capitalists dream for. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what we're talking about here is scale also. And they're, they're building it off of the public sector infrastructure that's been built, that it's nationwide. And they don't have to pay for that. Yeah. They have to pay for the marginal cost. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what they all want to do is to be able to have the scale to be in every major metropolitan area. Maybe the scale to be handling all the trucks uh, that that's where uh, they make more money. That's also places where you change the economy for the good. And then you have, uh, and that's what the internet did. That's what wireless telecommunication did. Uh, those are all network scale things that changed our daily lives. It also changed the economy. And, and then that, and that, that's what they see. Um, yeah. And I, 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 from my point of view, the sooner we get there, the better. Yeah, I, to me, yeah, I agree with you there. I am definitely not an economist. I don't think I ever took an economics course, but whatever, that doesn't matter. Uh, uh, but, but you know, you do the, this with economics, not regulation. And in fact, I think through history, one has to you know, look at history and say, my goodness, the thing that propelled economic activity throughout history was, was, was mobility, and the reduction in cost of mobility. It's yes. so fundamental. I mean, it is just, uh, you, you look at what the Roman roads did, you look at what shipping did and, and, and Columbus, blah, 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 and so on and so forth with Venetians and whatever. And then you look at, at the railroads in the US and then you look at the interstate highway system and you look at the roadway network. And now we have the opportunity to take you know one of the cost elements out of this thing that is the human cost 
and that human that human cost out of there and 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 reduce it and replace it with Moore's law. Yeah. Goodness. I think that opens up. Oh. Yeah, that opens up uh, things for individuals, but also for business. If you're if you're a business company, you can now have access to labor of anybody in the entire metropolitan area. Yeah, uh, and that, that and you know, you know it's huge. It's good for the individuals. It's good for the companies. And those that are worried about the energy utilization, in fact, you can do it so that the energy utilization is better. And you can do it if it's organized. You can actually put it together if there's an organization scheme on it so that it isn't as, as inefficient in its utilization as the current system that we have that basically uses capacity as if it's it, it, as if it's whatever you have all those opportunities i don't know <laughs> it seems seem to be a lot of winning opportunities here aren't there well, I, I do think there are people who are concerned about uh, the environment sure. and concerned about vmt and they think there should be less less mileage uh and this is going to create more and yeah. i think that, that that's a fundamental battle uh that uh has yet to start but my argument on that one is the people that talk about DMT think that there's a one-to-one -one relationship between PMT and DMT. Yeah. Not necessarily true. No, you you're right. People in there. That's not so bad. Guess what? You've chopped it, the VMT in half and still have the PMT. And what's important, it's the PMT, the personal travel. It's about it is about us, not the yeah. car. Everybody in Washington worries about the car. Cut it out. <laughs> well, Dick, right. Dick, you've just made it very clear why we were so happy to have you join us. Yeah, no, we have a good time. Really terrific, Dick. <laughs> anyway. It is always fun. It's all in fun. It, it is very serious business. There are some real fundamentals here, and I think it's the fundamentals that are that are that are really important and the fundamentals are all oh, geez really good towards this and on that note let's say thank you to our sponsor the smart etfs smart transportation and technology etf the ticker symbol for the etf is moto and you can find more information at motoetf.com you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you turn to for your podcasts. You can get your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching, and please stay safe. Stay safe, everybody. Yep. Nice to have you with us, Fred, Dick. So nice. Yep. Enjoy, and uh, see you Thursday.